Deconstruct with Clark and Alyssa. Oh, hello, Alyssa. Hi, Clark. <laughs> oh, we're opening just like old times. <laughs> just like old times. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. I just looked across the table and saw your book turned upside down, and I thought, why is my book so far away? And <laughs> So that's how I'm doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It's a... Uh... It's late. As it's sitting right next to my book. <laughs> Closer like, literally to Literally right next to your book. It's right there. So five, five <sighs> out of five over here. <laughs> I'm just glancing over at my cat who's not, oh, I don't see her, but every time she sleeps over there, I just look over and I'm like, ah, I wish I could be sleeping. <laughs> because it's nap season, Alyssa. It's it's the time of all nocturnal creatures. We should be hibernating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just wish I could find a big comfy cave with all the food and seltzer water that i needed and um blankets blankets lots of blankets oh weighted blankets have you ever used those um i ordered one it has not arrived yet you ordered one holy Mm -hmm. cow um i have anxiety (laughs) i think it will help me I'm just going to try and circumvent. Is there a is there a normal way to ask someone to use their blanket at some point <laughs> without it sounding like a, you know. <laughs> uh, yet to be seen. Ah, all right. Well, I won't test those waters. Uh, well, that's good. You'll have to let me know how that goes. Yeah, um, we'll see. It's it's taking its sweet time to get here, I think, because it's heavy. It's heavy, yeah. <laughs> Postal carrier's like, nah, man, that's gonna that's gonna sit back there. Well, and they're supposed to be like catered to your weight too, so it's only it's supposed to be like fifteen to twenty percent, or no, ten to fifteen percent of your weight. Oh, really? At most, and any more could be a problem, actually. And so, okay, like if you and your partner both want weighted blankets, but the girl is like teeny mm-hmm, tiny, mm-hmm. and the dude is like a giant. They do not. The same weighted blanket will not work for yeah, both of them. I was gonna them. say, I, I don't think I'd probably like put your weighted blanket on me and be like, okay, so it's just kind of a slightly heavy blanket. I don't think it would have the same effect. But who knows? That's that's great though. Listeners, to you, do you have a weighted blanket? Your, Tweet us. Your mental health is important. Your mental health is important, <laughs> and it's really cool. I mean, they started making those what for? Um, more for like autistic kids, right? Initially, and they're kind of like this niche thing, and then and then people realized, wait a second, this is really nice. Wait a second, when I go to the dentist, the mm-hmm. one part that doesn't suck is right before I get that X-ray when they put that giant weighted right? bib on me. And I'm like, I'm bulletproof, <laughs> but I don't think it I works am like comfortable that. Comfortable because I feel like I'm being hugged. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Thunder shirt for people. Um, <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, I definitely think the kids in Hailsham could use some blankets. Yeah, well, yeah, because they're using bits of carpet. That is real gross. It's... That is a really mm. good way to get a UTI, Alyssa. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> for those just tuning in, we're talking about part two of Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. Uh, do you want to sum up part two? Yeah, this this is a really interesting part. Um, and when we say part two, we mean part two. So if you're not, if you <laughs> uh-huh. haven't read, like, there, there's not like chapter what to, one to chapter whatever. It's yeah. it's a solid like when part two starts to when part two ends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this part, Kathy, Tommy, and Ruth head to the cottages, where they spend a few years independently studying and exploring nearby towns. And in one particularly long story, they head to Norfolk to find Ruth's possible. 
Mm. And they fight at the end, and Kathy decides she wants to start her training to become a carer. Man, the passive-aggressive is so strong in this chapter. It's Okay, so the thing that stuck out to me the most on this second read was... I think we get the longest consecutive story we've seen. Yeah, with the whole trip to Norfolk and... uh, And there's no hopping around. There's a little bit of hopping forward. She does a little bit of like... I remember when I was talking to Tommy about this a few years ago, we agreed on this thing. Yeah. But there's not really any jumping back in that story. And it's almost 40 pages of a chronological story told (laughs) in the way that hopefully didn't make Clark crazy for once. (laughs) It was a beautiful 40 pages, Alyssa. It was a beautiful thing. It's, it was comforting. Like I, I think that the mechanics of the storytelling was actually comforting. Yeah, it's it funny how when you tell a story in order, it it, it feels good. Well, I, and I, <laughs> but I think that's intentional. I think the yeah. author did it to like put you a little bit at ease with this uh, this adventure and this discovery. And there are other things, but overall, their independence is really important. Yeah. And, and the thing that's happening between Kathy and Tommy is comforting. And mm-hmm. and and he even used more flowery language, flower, flowery, uh, more flowery language. And I, I felt like in those those forty pages of continuous story, like I, I think we got to see a little more of um, I don't know, a bit more whimsy, a bit more playing with language, just it's, a little bit. It's sort of simultaneously dreamlike and not yeah, like yeah. like that there's this really short period of time that sort of almost functions like a dream in storytelling mm-hmm. but its cohesiveness is so against the traditional dream yeah, i don't know yeah. it, it it felt like a departure and it's a dream with like arguments and stuff in it which is not an unusual dream um but we should probably cover a little bit of the groundwork. Uh, the first few chapters, I think, were about the cottages. The next step from Hailsham. Yeah, they're they're at the cottages for the whole time, but they're sort of setting the scene for the first mm. couple of chapters. Yeah, and... and it's this kind of abandoned farm lot. It it sounds nice. It sounds pleasant and kind of scenic, but at the same time, like this is just this rundown, converted barn ranch deal and. A couple of the buildings just aren't even usable because of how many leaks there are in the roof and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Um, I don't know if this is considered an upgrade from Hailsham or not. I mean, they have their own rooms, and it's not just a room with a bunch of beds in it anymore. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it it feels a little bit like when you gra- when you graduate high school, you go to college, and you live in your ramshackle, terrible house that mm-hmm, you found with your friends, mm-hmm. and you don't pay for heat because you're cheap, and your landlord's terrible, and you just suffer through it, but because you're all doing it together, it's not really suffering. Yeah, that's a very good comparison, and it's a way more freedom than the dorms felt like. Yeah, and, well, it's, and way more freedoms than at your parents' house. So it feels like ah, this is great. Yeah, it's um, for readers who may have read the Secret History. There's something about these chapters that mm. remind me a lot of of that community hmm. and that story. Is yeah, that just stinginess of of young of new adulthood and yeah. but but the fact that like 
you know, they've they've got Keffers who's wandering through there in crotchety and mm-hmm, sort of a mm-hmm. terrible landlord and not really a guardian, even though they kind of try to make him into one. <laughs> and he's like, stop it. Like, I'm just yeah. here to make sure the roof doesn't leak. <laughs> like, <laughs> and to make sure you haven't, like, run away or something. Mm-hmm. And, and so they have that and they have, like, no heat and, like, weird add-on parts of this building and... It's so cold in the winter that they have to keep their boots on and they track all mm-hmm. this mud through the house. And She talks a lot about boots. It's wellies. so funny. The wellies. wellies. She does in the first couple chapters and then the last chapter again when she's back there talking to Tommy and stuff. It's, they really like talk about the boots every time they're in the scene. It's great. I think that that, that serves to like set set the stage of like they're not in a developed place. No. You need your no. wellies. Yep. <laughs> And the second you take your wellies off, you might like cut your foot open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a not a super nice place. I, I do mean to ask you, uh, did reading these chapters make you miss Europe more than just Hailsham in general? Because this you actually get to see a bit of the the countryside and the old buildings and stuff like that. All the things that kind of make Europe uh, just real neat. <laughs> it 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 does make me a little nostalgic for like are not great flat and <laughs> and that and that that just that sort of time um but i i didn't spend a ton of time in like the rural parts of scotland hmm. and so i think it still feels a little different it's it feels simultaneously romanticized and really gritty yeah in this and and so i i, I think that that that's part of what's keeping me from feeling nostalgic is for that the, is, is the, the grit, grit. <laughs> yeah 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 it wasn't exactly your experience uh grittiness but that's what they have and uh even if they don't have blankets it's so weird i i didn't put this in the notes because i don't really want to have a long conversation about it but there's no economy here if like they're only in the commons for what two years Cottages? Cottages, yes. Well, it sounds like... I see no way for them to acquire goods, except, well, they they have a certain amount of money that they Mm -hmm. can spend, and Kathy was in charge of the money, but it doesn't sound like they're buying blankets or clothes or anything. Yeah, I don't don't think that they're allotted much. I... So the timeline is a little weird on this. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it seems like... I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the function of the cottages is. Oh. Okay. So you have this sort of weird halfway house between education and your actual job. Mm-hmm. And not a lot really happens. Like you're there just like writing papers about whatever you want and it doesn't really matter if you turn it in. Yeah, and the papers are weird. The papers are weird. And the societal setup is weird. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just sort of, it feels like they're in limbo. The yeah. whole time. And there's no adults to guide them through it at all. And it <laughs> it's just them. I never really got the sense that there was a set, like, by this time, we would then begin our training. Hmm. Like, it's it felt to me when Kathy finally goes to Keffers that that decision was up to her the whole time. Like, when it, whenever you're ready to begin your training, yeah, well, you, you let people know and you, and you begin. And so there's just sort of this weird, like... You sort of settle into your autonomy, 
mm-hmm. and then you get bored because there's nothing else going on and frustrated and restless. And mm-hmm. so you say, okay, fine. Give, give me my job. Yep. It's time. I think that's exactly what it is. And that's why Chrissy and Rodney probably stayed for so long. I don't know if the chapter actually mentioned them leaving, did it? No, it didn't. And and Which is weird because they've been there for like more than two years at that point. And it's kind of weird. It's like, go, go. You have people from the grade below you that are going before you. That's kind of weird. But it, I, I didn't really get the it's kind of weird feeling. Like it didn't, it didn't seem to me like Kathy was looking at them and thinking like, why are you still here? Okay. I think they're she, just they're all veterans now. I think she was annoyed with them horning in on Ruth and oh, well, and yeah. still trying to be like Chrissy trying to be Queen Bee in her opinion and Yeah. all of that, but I I never got the sense from Kathy like get out. Hmm. Like move on. That's true. That's true. She was pretty tolerant of them. It's funny. I have such a specific idea of who Chrissy and um, Rodney are in my head. I have such like a crystal clear image. Even when she was saying like Chrissy would be pretty if if she wouldn't like if she would stop slouching to be the same height as everyone. And I'm like, ha! Huh, I know I've seen people like that. Uh, but Ruth, 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 Ruth. I don't like Ruth. I don't like her. I really don't. She's a terrible person. Like this whole this <laughs> whole time. I'm like, why does anyone put up with her ever she's terrible she's a bad friend Alyssa well what else are you gonna do um throw her in the rhubarb patch (laughs) dare her to climb the fence I I, I'm not challenging that Ruth is a terrible person because she's who she she is a a pill most of the time pill but like what else is Kathy gonna do Hmm. Who else is Kathy going to lean on? So many other people. She's got the, I mean, like maybe, maybe you can sort of mm-hmm. neuter whoever has sort of gathered all of the power in a ringleader sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can overthrow that. But they're in this position where like she can't leave. Yeah. It's I, how, how do you dethrone the queen bee? It's just in my head. There are like 20 other people there. And like, go go find some of them. Whatever, whatever. Well, then the other thing is she's dating Tommy. That's true. And, and Kathy likes Tommy. Kathy really likes Tommy. And it really upsets me that, uh, spoiler alert, they did not end up together at the end of this chapter. Even though I was waiting for it the whole time there were no folks. ship it so these hard. Moments. I, I really do ship it. <laughs> uh, even though Tommy can be a dum-dum. Uh, so while they're at the cottages, it seems like... Well, okay. So Ruth always wants to like try to be like cooler. It seems like she knows so much more and like she's such an adult. So like part of that is the utter like purging of Hailsham and like trying to just pretty much act like it didn't happen or it's not that important unless somebody else finds it like finds it compelling and then it's important. And then she'll like generate all this past knowledge about Hailsham. Um I I wondered about that. Every time though we come across Ruth not remembering something Mm -hmm. how reliable is that and how malicious is that or how calculated is that is it possible that ruth just doesn't remember all the details and kathy goes over this over and over and over and over in her mind still 12 years later she's going over it and over it and over it in her mind has it been 12 years at this point 
when she's, she's riding she's the... She's been a carer for 12 years. Holy cow, I keep forgetting about that. And then, so another two years at the cottage, so 14 years later. Yeah. 24 years later for some of the younger stories. And so she she's just been clinging yeah. to it, clutching to it so ardently. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's really not healthy. It's not healthy. <laughs> and maybe we're because we're getting Ruth's words filtered through Kathy, who's annoyed mm-hmm. with Ruth for not remembering these things. Maybe, maybe Ruth has just naturally forgotten some things. Yeah, okay. It's, that makes some sense. I, I have a lot of encounters like this with, with <laughs> my best friend who remembers like everyone's name who we graduated with. And I swear to you she says names to me she's like oh remember that person i bumped into them and i'm like i've never heard that name before never heard the name don't recognize the face i don't know who that person is (laughs) who is that person oh man i still have people add me on facebook and it's my my high school uh like the name of my high school and my graduating class and i look at them i'm like nope yeah And so I reject him most of the time. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, no, I the same thing happens. And and so I, I can't help but wonder, is Ruth a little bit like me in that? Mm. And is Kathy just, just, she has a better memory. She cared more when stuff was happening. She remembered yeah. the details and she rehashes them and rehashes them. And maybe it's not so calculated that Ruth is pretending to not remember things i guess kathy did a pretty good job of convincing me that ruth is very calculated and that ruth doesn't really say or do anything by mistake that she's always got some motive to it i guess i kind of bought into that which may be true like maybe i'm trying to give ruth the benefit of the doubt no but you're right though because like what's kathy like you know why why are we trusting kathy not a reliable narrator i know that's true yeah So, so I brought up in our notes the rhubarb patch. The rhubarb patch. Yeah. And we get this story twice from Kathy, so two annoying. chapters apart. Yep. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, there's a line I even like that I was, I was like, crazy, "This Alyssa. is Clark in the book right now." This quote from <laughs> from Ruth, which is, "What does it matter anyway? What's the rhubarb patch got to do with any of this? Just get on with what you were saying." <laughs> And I'm just like, as Clark screams yes and probably throws the book. <laughs> Thank you for for saying what no one else had this, the bravery to, Ruth. Anyway. Uh, Ruth did win me over a little bit in that moment. <laughs> There's also one moment where Tommy's like, nope, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. And I'm like, thank you, Tommy. Thank, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and they both realize they're like, oh, wait, no, he's not being daft. He, uh, he just doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm like, go, Tommy, go. It's great. So so on the first telling of this rhubarb patch story, yes, where yep. they're sitting on this in this bus shelter mm-hmm. and the okay, okay, so the actual quote of what Ruth says is just slightly different. There's one word different, but it's different. She says, What does it matter anyway? What's the rhubarb patch got to do with any of this? And then the second time around she says, um, that's not it. There we go. Um, why? What was wrong with that? And like, just so much simpler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then Kathy goes and she explains. Um, Ruth, don't give me that. Versus, 
um, versus Ruth, there's no way you've forgotten, so don't give me that. So it's just like the little subtleties mm-hmm. of storytelling, mm-hmm. but those raised some flags for me of mm-hmm. like, your memory is not ironclad. One chapter apart, your story has changed. And the other, the, and that's that's subtle and a little nitpicky, but the bigger thing that stuck out to me was the first time we hear this story. To me, it felt like Ruth hadn't earned this harshness from Kathy. It felt like she was just sort of out of the blue, like, I don't, I don't remember. What's that? And, and Kathy just snaps at her and it was just like, whoa, what? And Kathy admitted to that after the first telling. Yeah. And like what? She said I was sharp with her. Has been building to get you to that reaction. Like clearly there's more going on here than this thing. Yeah. And then the second time around, it's, Oh, we we know we know about the the Tommy and Ruth fight and mm-hmm, and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff and and so the rhubarb patch was after the Tommy and Ruth fight yes okay and that it was it was a way to jeez <laughs> Kathy sort of tries to say like we we should move past this mm-hmm, like we we mm-hmm. should but we should like talk about it and and sort of deal with it oh yeah 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 and and it. It and it doesn't go well. Um, and 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 just the the way that it sort of twists from a sort of lighthearted little fight to a very real fight that feels like something broke that you didn't realize was even going to be strained. Yeah, yeah. It, it's this weird thing and it shows a part of it essentially shows us that Kathy can be just as bad as Ruth. Yeah, it it shows the the first telling there's a clear villain in that that mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. villain is like Ruth's hiding something and it's coy and the second time it's like maybe Kathy's kind of being terrible to Ruth too and like yeah, yeah clearly Ruth's being terrible. We already know this. We've we've been through half the book. We know this. But Kathy's not the angel that she might want us to believe yeah. she is. Even down to like her her intimacy, not physical, but emotional intimacy with Tommy that she totally downplayed. Like yeah. big time. Especially towards the end there. And and it ended up biting her in the butt if she had if she had talked to Ruth about her and Tommy and the drawings and how much she liked him and stuff like that. Like all those little things. Like if she had communicated better, she would have been in way better shape. Yeah. Uh, if she knew how to assert herself. She doesn't know how to. Like she... if she tried to tell Ruth at some point, mm-hmm. I don't think that Kathy's a strong enough person to actually fight for what she wants. No, no. I think she would go to Ruth asking. Like, yeah. Give me Tommy. I want him. I don't know. Now now I'm second guessing. I'm second guessing that she planned that she wanted to torpedo whatever Kathy and Tommy had. Oh, totally though. She got like she got her laughing about she like turned the conversation about Tommy and just kept turning it back to Tommy and you know. Is it possible that Ruth just thinks that his drawings are laughable? And oh, she was yeah. talking to a friend and and Kathy who won't yeah. exert her own opinion for anyone, not even Tommy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like that even Tommy who's asking her point blank, are these good? And she can't find the words to say, I like them. That broke my heart. That was really like, sad. 
Tommy's the real victim here. Can we just can we just justice for Tommy? Real I just want to give him a hug. Like let's, let's poor just... guy is entangled with two crazy girls. Two crazy girls, <laughs> and he just can't even. Poor guy, and he's so. You know, you can come and be like, "Hey, I have all these weird things," and he's like, "Oh, that's kind of weird, but okay." Like he's just so good natured, mm-hmm. um, and he can keep a secret. Holy cow! Wow, wow! A character who can keep a secret. Who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the memory thing, Ruth, Kathy. We'll talk about the ending a little bit at the ending. Sounds but good. We should trace our steps back to Norfolk. Yeah. How do you pronounce that word? Norfolk. Okay. Uh, so listener Dan gives me a very hard time because I say egg yolk, and he hates that. As well he should give you a hard time. Yep. So <laughs> That okay. L is not to be pronounced. <laughs> so is the L in Norfolk not supposed to be pronounced? Norfolk. Why? Because. No, this makes no sense, Alyssa. The, do we the, need to ask L Google how this is pronounced? Well, <laughs> Okay, so yolk, uh, so you say it like Y O K E. Yolk. Yolk. Oh gosh, That's no. How it's like, spelled. like that gives me the runny feeling of yolk <sighs> in a not pleasant way. Good lord. Okay. Okay. Well, on our trip to Norfolk. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> so I'm just going to have to change the spelling in my head. I'm just going to have to autocorrect it every time. F O K E. F O K E, yeah. That's just what I have to do. Um, Norfolk. Because I'm going to say it phonetically. Uh, anyway, so Norfolk. <clears throat> I'll, I'll have to also, ask YouTube how that's pronounced. Well, I'm sure, okay, might be wrong, YouTube will but... say like 99% of people say yolk, but it's okay to say yolk. Nothing wrong with that. I I think that's what YouTube will say. No. Okay. <laughs> I also didn't put this in the show notes uh, because I did not make the show notes and I did not add to them. But can we talk about how <clears throat> what's his name rodney mm-hmm. he has a ponytail boo <laughs> no 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 uh, I, his character was so funny to me okay, okay. question yeah. okay. i'm sorry yeah that's i fine. did not think about this at the time oh no they are o- they are organ donors are they also hair donors <laughs> oh very good question <laughs> Is Rodney a locks for love contributor? Is this a great thing is, that he's doing? Is he legally required to be a locks for love contributor? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Anyway, it, it gave me such a good picture of who he is. Like, did you ever know, like, okay, I knew so many people like this in college, but like almost the climber type guys, like, oh, yeah, man buns, but, but slack line weirder. in the middle of the oval kind yeah, types. Yeah, those guys. He's totally one of those. He's so funny. I kind of like Rodney. Um, yeah, he seems like a good guy. He just so, seems like not a bad guy, <laughs> which makes him a bright star in he, this universe. He seems like he, he is trying to find a hole in this awful, awful system. Yeah. And bless his heart, he thinks he, he's found a way. But he's so awkward. <laughs> he's so awkward. <laughs> uh, but he does have a driver's license, which is great. No idea how he got it. They, they don't really... How long have these guys, are Rodney and Christy, have they just been around for just like a long time? They just kind of hang out there hoping they can somebody get a deferral? Because he got his driver's license. I mean, clearly. <clears throat> clearly yeah. they, are, they are trying not to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that, is, that is the whole. They're dragging their feet. That's yeah. their whole goal, goal of the trip to yeah. Norfolk. Is to just kind of keep putting it off and find out more information about how they could possibly get deferred. Which, uh, 
very elaborate. I, I wish they could just ask. You know, they're not being monitored. Well, it, maybe they're being monitored at the, uh, at yeah, the cottages. We, we don't know if the house is bugged, first yeah, of all. Because they're acting. I mean, and they even reference it, how they all still acted like they used to when they're at Hailsham, where they would, like, quiet down if they thought somebody could hear them and stuff like that. It's like, guys, you can just talk now. Like, you're adults. People don't even know you're from those places. Anyway. I totally get that, though. Like, as a person who just moved into a place on my own, Mm -hmm. and I have a piano now, and it's, like, the weirdest feeling to be able to play the piano at 2 in the morning, which I have done now. But it's, like, I feel like... Like I'm doing something wrong because I'm disturbing someone somewhere, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, that makes sense. No, I've just, but I've lived my whole life. Whenever there was a piano, I also was not allowed to play it after dark. That's a good point. I do play a lot of rap music on my speakers at any time of day with a lot of cursing and language and stuff. And it's just like, huh. I'm, I, I mean, it's been this way for a long time, but like I can do this whenever I want. However I want, and nobody can really do anything. Yeah, it it takes a while to really internalize that freedom. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, like, their situation is designed to not give them a ton of that feeling of autonomy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, they're not around quite long enough to really lean into, like, this is my space. I can do with it as I choose. I don't have enough money to actually get blankets. We're not like we're only given X amount of money to get gas for the heaters and Mm -hmm. we have to walk to the town to get it. And who knows how much we can actually carry to bring it back. And it's not going to be enough. And there's like one car that they borrow. And like, thankfully, there is a backup this time. But it's that scarcity is still ruling them. Yeah. (sighs) So anyway, Norfolk, uh, beautiful sounding place. Um, I think it sounds nice. It sounds pleasant. It sounds like a, you know, you you would you would have an ice skating rink in the winter time, and the kids would all skate around and sip cocoa. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful. Feels like a Scottish seaside town. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think that's where Norfolk is, but. And then uh, I guess we should say, thirty minutes into the episode, kind of a, a major uh, thing here. They they were going into Norfolk. Under the premise of finding Ruth's familiar. Her possible. Her possible. Not familiar. That's something else. Ru- Ruth That's a Dungeons and Dragons term, Alyssa. Calls it. <laughs> Do you know what a familiar is? Uh huh. Ru- Ruth calls it her possible. Her um, possible. Strangely, when Kathy talks about it in terms of her own, she talks about it as her model. Yeah, yeah, and which, she'll kind of switch between the language, but she uses model for herself. Which they're 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 clearly different things. A possible is a possible model, and a model would be the real one. It oh. would be the definitive. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you follow that logic, I, I guess. Yeah. And so she's yeah. like searching for a model. Yeah. And Ruth's told there's a possible, but oh, so possible, yeah. Because he didn't... It's not verified. They weren't disappointed when it wasn't an exact 100% match. Uh, They were disappointed later when they came to find out, oh, it's not even like a 30% match. But like, because it was just a possible, they they would have been perfectly fine if it had just stayed a possible. They would have been fine with that. So I want to talk about that change. Okay. So... P.S. They're clones. (laughs) 
by the way. So they <laughs> sorry. So they eventually <laughs> go, on. <laughs> go on this hunt for uh-huh. Ruth's possible to find this office building that you can see inside and and it's this when they finally find it they're they're all pretty well satisfied they're like yeah you're right that woman totally could be totally could Ruth be yep in her 50s yeah like whoa get it and then Ruth wants to stay mm, and have. wait yeah and she like you know they all kind of sit quietly and sort of like anxiously I kind of liked that scene but yeah I did I liked it too but then like this woman comes out and they stalk her through town which is weird, mm-hmm. but they do it and they end up in this art gallery mm-hmm. and there they like listen to this conversation and we never really hear what it is. That... It's just about stuff. Well, it's about some guy. But but we don't really hear what details or what what cements it as this woman is not her possible yeah it was more just like over time we all came to the same realization like this isn't it this isn't it but like how okay and and that to me is curious and i'm wondering is it is that what happened that they Hmm. all agreed this is not ruth's possible or was it just kathy or was it just kathy or well i mean i think clearly ruth is off yeah well and even chrissy said i think we can all agree like Chrissy kind of gave like a sum up sentence at a certain point. Chrissy kept trying to to uh, what is it? She kept trying to give us uh, exposition. It felt where, where she's like, "All right, what, let's, what's the word for that? What's the word for that?" Uh, almost bot like, almost bot like, where she'd be like, "Gather round, children. Let us explain how we all feel at this current moment." Yuck. I have friends like that, though. And <laughs> I'm also, probably I, one of those also, friends. Also, I've been that friend. <laughs> I've totally been that friend. This it's is the camp great, counselor of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this okay. a lovely night, guys? Isn't Everybody this great? Everybody gather around. Yep. That's so great. To camp recap. Counselor. <laughs> so, but I yeah. wonder if that's what Ruth saw or mm. alternative. Okay. Her fingers are circling around the microphone as if to indicate that a a planet is turning and the new sun rises. Alternative. Yeah. Ruth did not see that this woman is not her possible, but instead that this woman is not Ruth. Okay. Like this woman has a life and someone who means something to her. Yeah. And even if this woman is Ruth's possible, that's not Ruth's future. And Mm. that, like, this sort of, this notion of possible was you would sort of get some insight into who you are at your core if you saw this person out in the wild. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Ruth, I think, has this crushing realization of even if this woman is who I'm modeled after, I'm never going to have that life. Yeah. It's nope. a it's a dream life. It's a dream future as she calls it and it's dream only future. ever going to be a dream. Yeah. And and so I wonder if they all agree that that that's not the possible or if that's the lip service that they gave to actually explain this other realization that they had, which hmm. was this woman is not Ruth. So it's not the possible, it's impossible. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like most people, 
Chrissy and Kathy, at least, did just paint the narrative of, um, nah, probably not the possible. But Ruth, that's the thing. We'll never know what actually happens in Ruth's head because she's paint, like she's put in such a hard light that we'll just never really know because Ruth doesn't talk about subtleties like that. She's never given the uh, well, but the pages. But Kathy does on Ka- behalf of her. Kathy yeah. does paint details. She sort of tells a broad story in details and leaves mm. a lot of edges yeah. entirely un- a lot not of etched. negative space. Yeah, and and there's there, there's just a, a really conspicuous lack of those details mm. in this. Mm scene that makes me think i'm not sure how much kathy believes that maybe kathy believes it now Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure how much kathy believed it then and she's just told herself this story so many times that she's rounded out the edges and she's like yeah obviously yeah that make yeah i mean that's the nature of storytelling for 12 years (laughs) that's that's why this is a very strange way to tell this particular story (laughs) It's a very strange writing tool that this author has employed. Uh, so I don't. That, that's my headcanon there. Okay. I, I is that that's not how it went down, but that's how she chooses to remember it for yeah, simplicity. Yeah. I don't. I don't buy that. They all walked out and agreed. Yeah, that woman's not Ruth's possible because there is no evidence. Yeah. Well, Ruth did. Uh, she did have a little thing there where she's like, no, it's stupid of me to even think that could have been me. You know, we're we're not made from people like that. We're made from trash. We are made from from prostitutes and drug dealers and garbage people. So it's like, yeah, she was clearly upset about it. Um, that was weird, by the way. Oh, yeah, they're clones. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that. They're <laughs> <laughs> They're clones, uh, which is about how the chapter handles that as well. Oh, yeah. As you all know, we are copied from other people. I'm like, I did not know that. I, I mean, I had a pretty strong hunch, but <laughs> I, it hadn't been stated yet. I mean, yeah, we we I was like, mm. did you think it at the end of the first part? Like, obviously, that's what these are. Or were you still in the mm, autistic I, camp or? Well, I think I meant what I said in the last episode where, you know, you can look at it and it could be any one of these five things, you know, like maybe they're this, but why are they sterile? Well, maybe they're clones, maybe they're whatever. Like I stand by my confusion and my, and my, I definitely didn't peg it right on the head. I mean, I left it open. It could be these few things and it was a combination of those few things, but I mean, (laughs) like I took the shotgun approach, uh, so I'm I, glad because I thought that I'd ruined it last no, last episode no, no, no. by I talking too overtly about clones. No, I don't think I don't think so. You're pretty good at um, throwing false flags in from time to time, and the clone thing. Like, it, thing is, I'm thrown off by the idea that they're clones, but it doesn't seem, especially with Ruth's quote, it doesn't seem like they are clones so that their body parts can be used directly for the person they're cloned from. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't sound like their their organs are going to go right to their model. They might all if... be Oneg. What? They might all be Oneg. Like, they, they might all just oh, be like... Oh, negative. Okay. I thought you were saying one egg, but you were, like, doing a silent L or something. Go on. <laughs> well, like, yeah, they, they might have just, like, 
found some ideal donors. Yeah, yeah. And just, I'm going to clone you a bunch of times because your kidney is going to work better for everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a Star Wars approach. That's, I, that's, that's why I think she's Kathy H. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, she has a last initial. H is for hella good kidneys. H is for... Mm-hmm. You know, after A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. I did notice that nobody has real last names, and I thought that was strange. I was actually keeping track in part one. I'm like, is this an anagram? Is there something about, you know, behavior types that has to do with their last initial? I was trying to find a pattern there, but you're right that the pattern is just that they don't have actual last names. And it's, hmm. she's maybe cloned after another person named Kathy, and every one of the clones is named Kathy, and they get a letter after their name. It very well could be. That'd be weird. That'd be, that'd be 26 Cathy's. That's my headcanon. Huh, I like it. Uh, it's terrifying. So, but... but that also means, yeah, why would you clone yourself for your own organs and then end up with 12 others? Like, you don't you don't need that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it makes it more of an organ farm for the masses than for individuals. And I think that's more towards where I'm leaning at this point. Because, okay, so if Ruth were to have this idea that they were made from trash people, um, she got that idea from somewhere. It had been a rumor at some point. And to me, like, you can kind of, like, backwards engineer that to where it makes sense, where maybe getting the materials necessary to make a clone is kind of a painful process or an unpleasant process for the person donating. Like, maybe they need to draw bone marrow or something like that where it's this kind of bad process for someone to make a clone of you uh so they have to pay people to do it and like well okay for like lab type stuff where they just dish out a you know four hundred dollars cash for each person that walks in you tend to get people that are just kind of looking for money quick, quick cash quick cash or even like college kids donating plasma and stuff like that you don't really get the best of the best because why would the nice person with the nice office and stuff like that why would they go through that whole process you know like they're they're just going to let the other people do it and they'll get their organ when it's time anyway so to me it kind of makes sense that like yeah they're not necessarily like purposefully made from the worst of the worst but it would make sense that they're not made from the rich of the rich best because why would they go through the trouble so yeah on this road trip we get two very different well not not very different but two different theories mm-hmm. about how deferments could happen we hear from chrissy and rodney who corner the Hailsham three and they <laughs> they try to you know <laughs> get them to explain okay who do we go to to prove that we love each other because we hear you Hailsham kids mm-hmm. get like some sweet digs where you get to prove that you love each other and then you get to defer your donations. Which is so sad. It's so... Because it's not true. <laughs> well, and then they, th- those two go to the Hailsham kids and there's just a part of me that like wonders how in love they really are i mean i I find myself in the position of whoever the people that they're trying to prove their love to it's terrible is which is awful but like it's motivated it's like yeah there's a strong i mean especially like if tommy and ruth were to go they're not in love no they're not. not though i do ship chrissy and rodney they seem great for each other 
they seem to really like each other. I don't know. I I, uh, I think that they're. I think that they have hatched a plan. Yeah. To get out of their deferments, mm. and I think that they care about each other. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's quite like the same. I don't know. But maybe 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 I'm just too cynical. Could be. Could maybe be. Maybe so- I don't believe in love. I don't know. So that, um, that's theory one. Okay. So, theory one. So there's that, and then. Tommy hears this and he's like baffled. Like I've never heard anything about this. Yeah. But then he takes their theory anyway, which I think is hilarious, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and superimposes it onto his theory to make it a little bit bigger. Sort of oh. like adding snow to a snowman to make it fatter. Tommy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And his theory is that Madam's gallery is he was told at one point by Miss Lucy that the art that she picks is is how they see into your soul. Yeah. And they understand yeah. who you are. And his theory is, well, maybe if they use that art to look at whether two people are compatible. Mm-hmm. And if they're compatible, then they could be in love. <laughs> Which makes no sense. <laughs> Alyssa, I don't... Okay, okay. I don't get it. So he has like a drawing of an elephant in the grass and Kathy would have a drawing of... I don't know, some like other... Some love sonnet to Hailsham, probably. <laughs> Seriously, she's such a Girl Scout. No no offense to Girl Scouts out there. but uh, Which would be me, which by would the be, way. You're, 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 if anyone's a Girl Scout here, it's you. I yep. am. Once a Girl Scout, always a Girl Scout. Scout honor. Do you guys have a hand thing? Yep. Oh, it's so cute. Three fingers. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's a lot like a sign language B, but not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a silent. This, this is some great radio. Me <laughs> sign Her signing Girl Scout sign. <laughs> uh, I I don't get how they could look at a painting and decide that not not only not only is this person like you can glimpse into their soul, but you can tell if they're compatible with another person. I just don't think Tommy's theory really holds weight. Not gonna lie. Like I I think okay, maybe this is super cynical. But, like, the more I think about it, the more I think that the whole art thing was just, like, an attempt to keep them motivated. Like, an attempt to, like, make the kids want to make good art, which makes them care about the art. Because if you do it just right, Madam will come and take you to this very special gallery. And it's going to matter. I don't know if I believe that anymore. I think it's just as likely that, like, literally it's just this tool to make them make more art and stay focused on that and they just yeah they come and take some of the better ones but then they like throw them away or put them in a storage room or yeah something it's it's a totally manageable reward it's like when you're the the parenting tactic of like the kids throwing a tantrum and Mm -hmm. you come at them with two options both of which you can deal with yeah you create a false dichotomy you can brush your teeth now and then go like change into your pajamas Mm -hmm. or you can change into your pajamas now and then brush your teeth and it's like yep it does not matter which one happens. They both need to happen, and yeah. I can live with either one. And the kid is just like, oh, I, I guess if I have to choose, it's this like, is what I choose. I get to choose. I yeah. have autonomy. How <laughs> big am I? I'm yeah. seven. <laughs> I'm seven and have all the answers. <laughs> and like that, that's, yeah, that totally could be what they're doing here is we're yeah. just giving you a false sense of autonomy and something to shoot for that doesn't actually end up promising them anything largely because they don't even tell them what it means. <laughs> like, So that does kind of lead to more questions about like, well, then why did Miss Lucy come back and say, wait, 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 no, this really is important. But it, 
Yeah. Well, be, because it, I I think there's something very real in in believing that your life matters. Mm. Okay. And if Tommy has nothing driving him to something, yeah, yeah, then you you deteriorate if nothing that you're making matters. Yeah, you need that that brain to stay in peak condition so they can. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. They, 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 he's going to the cottages, which, okay, I wanted to circle back to this at one point. I'm really okay. glad it, it did. Um, he's going to the cottages, which are sketchy as all get out. <laughs> uh huh. But like, and they're and they're cooking. There's all this stuff, but like, I wonder that they, they keep a very tight hold on how much gas they have to mm. heat everything. Yeah. And I just yeah. wonder, like. Is that because they're trying to avoid these kids, like, literally blowing the place up? Like, intentionally blowing the place up? Uh, <laughs> I hadn't thought about like, this. I, 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 Is that why there's just a, a check mark on the notes that just says fire? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there is. I was wondering about that. I'm like, so, fire? <laughs> the, like, the room that, like, Kathy and Tommy talk about the magazines and the models and all that. Mm-hmm is the boiler room and Kathy describes it as like, it's kind of a catch all weird add on boiler room that is yeah. full of a bunch of things that Keffers doesn't think would catch fire if something blew up. Okay. And it's just like, that's an odd detail. <laughs> like that's <laughs> wouldn't catch on fire if it blew up. Yeah. Uh... And then there's these terrible space heaters that they're never given enough gas for. And yeah. part of that is stinginess, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, why would I heat these people? They're living fine enough. The end. Yeah. But I'm sure another part of it is if I give you too many things that you can make bombs out of, you're just going to commit suicide. It's it's the suicide by electric fence Maybe in that's... a different iteration. Oh, when you compare it to that. Uh, boy. Maybe that's part of why they're watching the art, too, is they're looking for any symptoms of, I mean, she did say you can see inside people's souls. So maybe they are like, is this person a flight risk? Can we, can we trust this person in the commons? Counselors use Not that Not commons, sorry, kids. cottages. Yeah, it could, it could be a tool to like say, okay, we're going to let these people go live in these cottages for two plus years with no adults. Like, I don't know. Can we do that? But like, we got to make sure that they come out still in prime condition to donate. Yep. Which, okay, so we do need to circle back to your first theory about deferment mm-hmm. of being in love. Mm-hmm. Love. Do and which you, do you buy it? I just, I know that I like to appear like I wear some rose-colored glasses sometimes, mm-hmm. but I just really think that it's naive and it's and it breaks my heart because like yeah yeah. if if there's any reason to keep people alive longer like that should be it it should be because they're in love yeah yeah and especially when the new crop came and they heard rumors of a different school that had deferments and it's like okay this is just how rumor cycles work is is you know for a few years, it's this magical school. And then as those people kind of leave, it becomes this other magical school. It's not actually like that in any of the schools. That's just how rumors work. <laughs> it's always the other people that get some sort of special thing. Grass is always greener, right? 
Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate for Ruth again. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm so tired of I'm looking, giving Ruth any time. I'm looking for something in the room that could possibly catch fire. <laughs> I'm looking for a way out, Alyssa. <laughs> so Ruth plays along mm-hmm. with Chrissy and Rodney. Yeah. Which is mean, but yeah. Is it, though? kind of selfish oh because is she just keeping the dream alive is she keeping the dream alive or does she maybe believe that it's possible or hmm. i mean it i think there's clearly like she likes being the mm-hmm. the go-to for this i think there is some control and some yeah, power play yeah. in there that's that's how kathy loves to portray her but can you imagine if two people came up to you and said we're in love mm-hmm. and we've heard that we can get a deferment from your people. Is it possible? Yeah. Like maybe Ruth just doesn't want to be the one to break it to him. Yeah. So she's saying it's not impossible. Yeah. I mean, she keeps dancing around it and I, she, she doesn't say, yeah, I know who to talk to. Yeah. And uh, which from the outside and I'm sure from Chrissy and Rodney's standpoint feels infuriating. Oh like, yeah. Just yeah. give me the details. Yep. Like, Help me make it happen, and you're being coy with me, and why? But she doesn't want to break their hearts. Yeah. And and I, there was a part of me that like I wanted to sort of read some real selfishness into Chris, Chrissy and Rodney in mm-hmm. this trip for how they cornered them, and they sort of like danced around the possible thing, and they tried to. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they were avoiding going to it, and I wondered like, is this even real? Did they lure them here just to do this? Like. Is he even going to make good on this promise that I found impossible for you? And then he seemed genuinely excited and they all seemed genuinely excited. And it was like, no, he's he genuinely thought that this was a possible and that it was a good thing. Yeah. And he kind of that's a friendship mood. Yeah, that's a friendship move. And and so, yeah, I I buy that that's a real friendship. And I I think that it goes both ways. I think Ruth in her slightly sociopathic way (laughs) Uh like she she doesn't want to hurt their feelings yeah that makes sense i mean yeah it's just weird how their dreams have changed so much like (laughs) ruth used to have like 12 horses right like 12 beautiful imaginary horses and friends that would take care of them (laughs) yeah kathy (laughs) who would clean them all up and muck the stables and Ruth was queen, and it was fine. And now (laughs) Ruth just yearns for an office job. (laughs) Yeah. eh, You know, I don't know. You like your office job. It's Yeah, it's their dream futures are are mundane. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't... It, it wasn't. It's. I, I don't remember if we talked. If we talked about this before, or after. Either. So I'll. I'll just do it again. Um, yeah. It's. It's interesting to see how it changed from like the childlike dream of I want to yeah. be an actor and, and that's so outlandish that it it elicits this like, really frightening rant from Lucy about hey. how you're never going to, have any of that happen to you, and then it morphs the same way our own childlike dreams morph from like climbing Mm. mountains and taking photos of them to (laughs) being a journalist in my case. Like it's, it's more manageable. It's something that comes with a paycheck that I can actually like financially support and has, could have a five year plan and it's just more practical. Yeah. It's way easier to dream big when 
when money's not really a cemented concept <laughs> and when you like are still convinced the odds are like still in your favor somehow. Uh, it is sad though. It's really sad. It's heartbreaking that that, that very mundane life is entirely unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. tragic, man. Which kind of makes sense of maybe they shouldn't have a lot of fiery stuff laying around. Not that there are enough blankets that would actually catch fire anyway. But yeah, and it's like damp all the time. So like, <laughs> like I'm not. I I think it's clearly like fireproof this place that they have yeah, yeah. built, but it is fortified or squatted in or whatever it is that they did <laughs> to get this weird property. But hmm. Well, I, we're kind of nearing the end here, I think. But there are a few loose ends I want to pick up. Um, you have here an hour with Tommy. I really liked this scene. This whole scene of them, it felt so real. It felt like they could talk like normal people. It felt like they could just, just, they were just normal people. And there wasn't even this subtext of, is he interested in me? Is she interested? Like, even though I totally was kind of expecting them to hook up, not going to lie. Because it's like, we have three hours and nothing to do. Um, But I'm really glad that they didn't. I'm really glad that we got to see this little side of them. It is sad that it's told through the lens of like, oh yeah, back when Tommy and I still talked. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> what did yeah. you think of this scene? Oh, uh, I loved it so much. I yeah. ship them so hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's there's just something so magical about how they pay attention to each other Mm, mm -hmm. and that's a good way to put it i love how like tommy was thinking about like i'm gonna find her that judy bridgewater tape before it even occurred to kathy yeah way before and 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 she almost like thought it was silly to even look for it but it meant so much once they found it and and the whole journey for it yeah. meant that much more where to the point where she was like i was almost sad to find it like i didn't want to oh that was so cute when she i delayed. didn't want to make a big oh, deal yeah. about it because that means our quest is over yeah and i've totally been there that like i expected this to be a bit of a journey and it ended too soon yep absolutely yeah that was beautiful um it just showed how much tommy really cares about her it's so sweet because he never really gets a chance to do so you know he showed concern when the boiler room when he's like hey like do you need to talk like what's what's going on here um but that's that's pretty much all we've seen in their adult lives so it was really nice and they did they talked about the the whole porno magazine and we found that maybe she thinks because of her desires she was cloned from someone in the sex industry which uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And she's convinced that it's something that's way... And Tommy's over here like, everybody's horny. Like, yeah, he's like, we <laughs> all want to do it sometimes. I wouldn't feel a ton, ton of shame about that. We're yeah. all horny. <laughs> like, and she's like, no, no, no. I don't think you get it. Sometimes I just really want to do it. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, nope, nope. I totally do get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, hairpin trigger, man. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think there's anything crazy there. So yeah, an hour with Tommy. Beautiful moment. Um, what would you, is that how you would have wanted it to happen? Did you want them to hook up or anything? Or did you want him to profess any feelings for her or? I think that was a perfect afternoon. Yeah. I think if, if, if 
I had a way of other than like not making them clones who are being harvested for organs. If I had a way <laughs> to make uh-huh. Kathy's life better, yeah, I I would. I, w- I would make and I, I I forgot about this scene and mm. it broke my heart again because I forgot that it went the way that it did which was when Ruth sits Kathy down and says he doesn't like you like that oh, I would change that because like of all mm. the things and all the grace that I want to give Ruth in that moment she's calculating Yep, and she is intentionally driving a wedge between the two of them, yep. and it just breaks my heart. It's so sad. Well, the the thing that is so poignant for me in that scene is how Kathy just sort of looks at the waste that Ruth has laid and like mm-hmm. all the traps, and she's just like, you know what? I'm walking away. Yep. Like this, yep. I'm not engaging with this, and she walks away. And then the next day, she applies to start her training as a carer, and it's yep. just like everything dissolves at that point. Like yeah. it's not, she she decided she wasn't going to fight and she wasn't going to break whatever was there, mm-hmm. but like her, her inaction broke it too. Oh yeah. She, she could, she could have made it at least better with Tommy yeah, or she, something. The thing that Tommy she is says very now, forgiving. Tommy is so forgiving. The thing that she says, and she says it's hindsight. Like, man, I could have looked at him and said, like, that's not how it was. Yep. She could have and she should have. And she didn't. And man, yeah. that's 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 you know, staircase wit. Yeah. <laughs> staircase wit. I like it. Yeah, that was a sad thing. Tommy's the true victim here. He, he didn't do anything wrong man he just did his really cool drawings of imaginary creatures and like who doesn't love that think of the cute little birds and how it can defend itself and it there's a scrunched up hedgehog i love it i love it i i think i'd really get along with tommy (laughs) (laughs) he sounds like a neat guy so what do you want to do predictions or we do have some favorite quotes technically but we can do predictions first or let's let's do some i really only have like one prediction question i think sure um what will uh oh and i i have a little um trailing thought but Mm. i'll do a prediction first um so clark yeah what what will becoming a carer look like that's a very good question becoming a carer (sighs) i mean i imagine it's like working at a nursing home but you also live at that nursing home and that nursing home is just filled with your peers that are slowly getting their organs taken out (laughs) pleasant yeah i don't know but it's but it's that same sort of like sterile environment uh it smells like old people and there's the the beep of the heart machines and nobody's gonna nobody's expected to really die right away i mean if something goes wrong then it's like actually like what so maybe maybe more like retirement home than or like senior center what's the word where assisted living assisted living yeah where it's like it's not hospice you're not expected to die within a couple months but you're probably not going home um or maybe you will maybe you will but not for not until you've recovered so I, I kind of see it like that, that sterile environment, that room to room, talking to different people. It's all very controlled. You probably have a few coworkers. Um, 
I don't know how that makes for an interesting ending, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, those types of places already make me nervous and, and my, my hands sweaty and it just makes me think of people I've lost and it's sad. Um, well, there so. you go. That's that's conflict and emotion. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they make it interesting is they <laughs> lean on that. They're like, hey, don't you hate these places? Not, not because of the places, but because of what they represent, which is like how you're fewer and fewer generations from being all alone um yeah so i guess we'll see what it looks like it it's probably going to be one of the higher budget areas <laughs> like like they're probably you know pinching pennies when they're kids and stuff because it really doesn't matter but like when the actual medical procedures start i don't think there's going to be ramshackle hospitals with Exposed wiring and leaky roofs. You temperature know? in the room matters when you yep. just had open heart surgery. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, so I think this is where we're going to see the money spent. Um, and I think that's going to be part of how they ease the burden of being a carer. Like, yeah, we're carers and it's it's rough. We're in this sterile environment and people are kind of slowly withering away. But they have all the coffee you can drink, man. Like, whoa, they have this nice stuff. And isn't oh, it's nice. I get my own little room with a with a couch. And a nice view. And a nice view. Yeah. It's stuff like that where it's I think all these niceties are gonna be used as kind of a package of being like, see, it's not that bad. Yeah, this isn't that bad. See, all this We take care of them. Yeah, all this comfort. So I think that's going to be kind of the dynamic. It's going to be the nicest place she's ever lived, the nicest place she's ever worked. Well, only place she's worked. But I think that's going to be the dynamic of, like, life is pretty good here as I slowly watch my friends wither away, knowing that I will be one of them. Uh, it's going to be that weird, she finally got what she wanted, kind of. Man. I don't know. Do you have any predictions? <laughs> It doesn't work this way. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. I do. I do have a, a one straying thought. Okay. Um, which I I told you that I would explain, and you asked, and you're like, no, I don't <laughs> oh. want to tell you. And that's just this one line on our notes that says push chairs. <laughs> yeah, push chairs. Question mark. So it's almost I, as good as fire. I looked it up, and it and it's the UK word for simultaneously like a pram. And also like a wheelchair. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so when they're all running through Norfolk and chasing this woman through, like in several places in Norfolk, they like pause on the street to let people with push chairs go by. What? Several times. It's like three different times. You're kidding me. No, I am not. And the first time I was like, that's weird. Why are there so many people with push chairs? And then it happened again. And I was like... <laughs> Okay. Again with the pushes. So um, revisiting the question that I asked last episode uh-huh. of is there some sort of weird like countrywide disease that <laughs> renders everybody in wheelchairs and that's why they're being breeded for we uh, organs? Because there are so many people in pushchairs in Norfolk. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I did not notice that at all. Uh, I think it's because it said push chairs and not wheelchairs. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, whatever it's, that is. It's an unfamiliar word. <laughs> Skim right by it. <laughs> I mean, if you were to go and get your kidneys removed, it'd be expected you'd be in a wheelchair, at least back to your hospital bed for a while. So if you were to receive a kidney or an organ, are all these people receiving organs? Or are all these people on the street actually donors? 
and they're just surrounded by, well, there seem to be quite a few normals. I mean, like there, the yeah, lady at the, the but the people in the push chairs are the, like, are your they could be donors? Are yeah. your centers in the middle? And like, are you allowed to go out? And maybe they were near a place. And uh, there was that guy Martin who lived pretty close by. He was a carer, yeah. Who was a carer, and so he's probably close to oh, he somewhere. Got his own flat. That's pretty neat. I just realized that they get to live away from work. So, like, he must have been close to work, though. So right? there must be a clinic nearby with donors. And maybe they were just like walking them around town, or could be. I don't know. It was just weird. I I didn't notice it the first time I read it, and so like I I don't know, but yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I do not have an answer. Um, could be donors. Yeah. Push chairs. Push chairs. <laughs> well, that's that's a fun note. Push chairs? Question mark. Uh, well, let's let's return to one of our old uh, Word Struck seasons one through three favorites. Uh, Favorite, Favorite quotes. quotes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I was really bummed to not have any last episode. <laughs> it was a silly book last episode, and just now it's it's getting some some color around the edges. Uh, what's your favorite quote, Alyssa? Mine's on page 197, mm-hmm. and it's uh, after the fight, um, and it's, um, it never occurred to me that our lives, until then, so closely interwoven, could unravel and separate over a thing like that. Oh. And it just... Sad. That felt so real to me. Like it it's these little seemingly insignificant moments that really shape our lives and how it, it it's so rare that in the moment you realize like this one matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like that this one feels like like an inciting incident. Like everything after this will be different. Yeah. And I think Kathy you know like the way Kathy tells that fight she tells it like she knew it was an inciting incident, but clearly she didn't. Like she no, she walked or... away. And it it just it it feels like one of those things that like now in hindsight, obviously the way that I behaved totally broke everything. Like it was already breaking and I broke it. Yep. Yep. And but in that moment I bet she was like, No, put a pin in it. Yep. Like I think so. This is, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to fight about this right now. Like yeah. this is, you're setting traps and it's psychological warfare and I don't want to deal with it. Goodbye. <laughs> and, and it just, yeah. Hmm, that felt very real when I read it. What about you, Clark? Oh boy. Mine's happy. Good. <laughs> Mine is on page 171 of Never Let Me Go. Ooh, radio voice. By Kazuo Ishiguro. <clears throat> so it's on the bottom of it. Uh, so uh, set the stage. This is during the the Tommy hour. Oh, the hour with Tommy. <sighs> I'll start a little bit before it. So we rummaged around those shops, and in all honesty, after the first few minutes, I think Judy Bridgewater had more or less slipped from our minds. We were just enjoying looking through all those things together, drifting apart, then finding ourselves side by side again maybe competing for the same box of bric-a-brac in a dusty corner lit up by a shaft of sun. So pretty. I, I got a very specific image in my head when they were sifting through these boxes in a shaft of sun. Like, how uh, cinematic. Quaint. Yeah, wait till yeah. you see the movie. Uh, <laughs> 
I just remembered that that's a thing. How? How is that? Okay. Mm-hmm. I totally thought you were going to do the butterfly on a fence. I told you my exact quote. You get the butterfly on a fence. Go for it. Oh, okay. Well, it's not my favorite quote Second favorite quote. But I do like it. Interesting moment. Um, I mostly like it because fences. Hashtag yeah. fence watch. Hasht- okay. <laughs> And I can recall now, as fresh as anything, Tommy's own face, the anger receding for the moment, being replaced by an expression almost of wonder, like I was a rare butterfly he'd come across on a fence post. Page 195. And that, I still don't know what to make of that quote. Like, I really like it. But it was in a sad moment. But I have a really hard time understanding what, how did Tommy change? What, what, he went from angry Uh to looking at Kathy to almost serene hmm. and and that this is all a part of the fence watch thing like is it because she's is he understanding that whatever ruth is painting to him isn't real based on whatever silent signals that kathy's giving him or is he like releasing like is he just stepping away and going like what a, like i'm done like i'm gonna just like release all of my anxiety in this because no. Yeah, I'm going with that. I'm going with that. I think it was at that moment that he realized that it's all pretty dumb. Because <laughs> the the other thing is like like I was a butterfly on a fence post is like to go with the fences symbolism from the last part. Mm. Like sh- is, is she like maybe the one bright spot on this cage? I I mean I think. <laughs> She she has been to him. I think that there's nothing she can really do to change Tommy's mind about her. I, I think that she is like almost faultless in Tommy's eyes. So I think it's just this whole notion of like, when in doubt, just kind of like, it's fine. Like she told me she liked him. She meant it. And whatever she said individually matters a whole lot more than what she says when Ruth's around. Because he's dating Ruth. He gets it. Like, he's not the brightest bulb in the pack, but, like, he can understand that social dynamic of, I know how she really feels, and it's not this. So I'm just going to kind of disengage. I don't know. That's my thought. That's an interesting one. Uh, but if you guys have favorite quotes that we didn't mention, we'd love to hear about them. Mm-hmm. How can they do that? Uh, you can tweet at me, at Alyssa Small, or at Clark, at Clark Hodges, mm-hmm. or at WordstruckPod. Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. Instagram. Instagram, <laughs> yes. At WordstruckPod. Yeah. And then you can also send us an email at WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. Yay, we're here. We talk. We like hearing about stuff from you guys. Uh, this has been kind of a fun little thing. It's weird that we only have one more episode left of reading the book. And then I'm making you watch the movie. I know, I know, I know. It's a really good movie. That won't be until 2018, though, with a movie episode. That's going to be weird. Yeah. we. So I, I want to formally apologize to everybody mm. for skipping a week because I can't keep my life together apparently so thank you for sticking with us <laughs> <laughs> we like everyone else 
have a hard time in December making everything line up. It's we're we're in Montana. It's very dark right now up here. It and is it's, so dark. It's trying on us. You know what? I tell you what. As soon as Alyssa gets her weighted blanket, we'll be right on schedule. <laughs> we'll be good to go. So uh, I'm gonna be. It's gonna save everything. That's I'll right. Wait. That's not how mental health works. Nope. <laughs> but we sure do love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, look forward to hearing uh, from you. And yeah, we'll have some fun stuff. Anyway. Bye, everybody. Bye.